Hey guys, just a little disclaimer before you get into the episode. We have some sounding difficulty again. Um, Anchor does not want us to be great, but we're going to be great anyhow. Uh, you will hear some highs and lows in between myself and my guest. Please bear with us because this is a phenomenal episode that I want you guys to listen all the way through, especially if you're married, if you want to be married or if you're an entrepreneur or want to be an entrepreneur, this is just some great jewels that they're going to drop. And I didn't want to re-record. So I hope you enjoy, bear with us, and give me your feedback at the end of it. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Grilled Cheese and Rosé, where we discuss all things that don't blend but pairs well. I'm your host, Brittany Nicole, and this is season one, episode four, titled married to business and my spouse with special guests and mentors marcus and omika benjamin say hello to the people hello thank you for having us Brittany. hello hello you're welcome all right so today we're going to talk about um we're going to discuss how to blend balance and manage entrepreneurship and marriage so before we get into all of that tell us a little bit about yourself well, we've been married for nearly uh, 20 years. This year, uh, November, it'll be 20 years. We've been together for 22 years and two children, one 19 and one will be 18 this year. Yeah, he he okay. pretty much said it. Uh, we met at Winthrop University and uh, where we both graduated from. And from there is, is, is history, you know, God ordained history. <laughs> okay. And then what's the uh, corporate or work background? Well, uh, my major uh, in undergrad when we met was business. And our first conversation we had was really a business conversation. <laughs> and so that kind of formed the foundation <laughs> of our relationship in that we knew that going that it wasn't going to be that long before I was going to be in, in an entrepreneurial space. So it wasn't like it was thrown on either one of us down the road. We both knew from the very beginning that we would be entrepreneurial for the majority, you know, of our marriage. Yes. When I, when I first met Marcus, um, I forgot, I keep forgetting you were selling something. He was, he was, a, he was a salesman from day one from, you know, when we spoke first spoke, <laughs> yeah. um, to, to today. So my background is actually, um, social work and human services field. So I've always desired to, you know, I just, I love people. I love helping people and my has always been in that field. So we make it work um, when it comes to business. We always joke about him being for profit and I'm more so nonprofit. He's the head, <laughs> you know, the money maker, I'm the heart. And it, you costs know, <laughs> it always costs me. <laughs> Exactly. So I want to back up for a second. So you guys have been married for 20 years, right? It was 20 years, right? Yes. Okay. So I'll ask Omika first. What made you say yes? Uh, That's a not necessarily tricky question, but it can be complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. I, prior to me meeting Marcus, to make it short, I was already in prayer and not to make it super spiritual. but I was already in prayer and God had given me some insight on what I would look for when my husband came. I had just gotten out of, out of an, a relationship and I decided that I was not going to, you know, just casually date anyone else um, unless 
I knew for sure it was going to be my husband and that wasn't going to be dating. That was going to be a courtship that led to marriage. So okay. we actually, we knew of each other, briefly spoke and met maybe a year and a half before we actually had that, um, you know, that famous conversation where, <laughs> where it was one night I was coming back from, um, you know, weekend, you know, how you go home on the weekends. So I was coming back yeah. and he was sitting in this little area that we call um, the calf. And I stayed off campus, but most of my friends stayed in the same dormitory, co-ed dormitory that he lived in. So I'm coming through. He's sitting at a table. He asked me this off the wall question. He says I had an attitude. She did. Uh, <laughs> she did. I don't think I I did. I think I was just firm and straight to the point. No, it was an attitude. <laughs> it wasn't. I don't know you. Why are you talking to me kind of attitude? Well, you, you, you just caught me off guard. I'm just saying. Okay. So anyway, you didn't ask for all that, Brittany. So, um, <laughs> but this is good. That night, we actually, you know, he came into the area, area where I was with my friends. And we had a lot of common friends, um, mutual friends. And so... We talked and in between maybe what, 10 o'clock and like two, two thirty in the morning, he, everybody dispersed. And one of our friends, look, I'm getting ready to go to bed. I'll see you later. I'll talk to you later. So I was like, okay. So he said, well, where do you stay? And I said, well, I stay off campus. And he walked me to the car. Once he walked me to the car, he's telling me to hurry up. Once he walked me to the car, (laughs) um, (laughs) we talked from probably about 2.40 until the sun came up and that sealed it for me that, Hey, this is it. That was a Sunday. The next Sunday, um, he asked me to marry him and I said, yes, (laughs) don't do that. One week later. Don't duplicate that. That is not a strategy. (laughs) One. Yeah. That is not a strategy. We tell people all the time, enjoy the story. Don't do it. (laughs) Wow. Oh, I love that. Enjoy the story. Don't do it. I like that. So I'll ask you, what made you um, what made you know that Omika was the one? Well, uh, she had the characteristics that I was looking for. And in my own mind, I thought she was out of my league. She was a senior and I was a sophomore. So okay. that kind of underclassmen, you know, older classmen kind of dynamic was present. But I had always been pretty mature for my age. Most of my friends were seniors. Most people were senior, even though I wasn't. So when when we met, it was just that kind of chemistry. I knew in my heart that I wanted to be with someone who honored God, who feared God, and who someone who was ambitious with goals and dreams and so forth. And when we met, and you know, to Omika's point, I I didn't casually date either. I didn't want to casually date. I had seen the uh, the the damage of that the emotional damage you know and even the hidden emotional damage among among some of my male friends and i didn't want that Mm -hmm. i just i didn't want that story and so i made a commitment that i was not going to casually date either i had made that same decision that she had made a couple years earlier but i made that decision when i was in high school as a senior so when I saw her and we interacted that night, the conversation centered around this, this is marriage material right here. I wasn't looking for a girlfriend or a dating person or whatever. I was looking for, for a wife and she fit that characteristic. In one week. In one week. Yeah. One week. 
<laughs> well, you wow. know, we talked extensively. I mean, I did I did not know that she mm-hmm. was actually interviewing me that night that we was talking. <laughs> I didn't I didn't really know that, but um, I did. So, ladies, you know, don't ever go into anything without having a resume and a cover letter. His cover letter looked really good. I, I was very attracted to him, but you know, I had to find out what the resume looked like. So yes, I was purposely asking him questions to see where he was going in life, what 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 were his dreams and desires and where he saw himself at that time. I think I asked you in five years, five yeah, to ten years. It was years? five to ten years. Mm-hmm. And and something that we tell people all the time is you never marry a person's potential. You marry who they are right now. Uh, mm. unfortunately far too many people they marry someone because of what they could possibly become and there are too many variables that could prevent that from ever happening so when you're looking at someone as a potential candidate for marriage you you have to look at them exactly how they are at that moment and say if this person didn't change one yes. bit can I live with yeah. this person for the rest of my life and if the answer is yes then that's a candidate. But if the answer is no, they need to change this, they need to do this, or if they really adjusted this, then that's not the person because you don't marry a person for who they could be. You marry them for who they are Mm -hmm. right now. That's good. So I have a question about once you guys got married. So how long from the one week to actually marrying, how long was that? Right, almost two years. Almost two years. Almost two years. It should have been one year, but it wasn't. It was was all two years <laughs> and that's that was my fault you know he kind of he, he he gave me a little side eye on side eye on that he does that periodically when he reaches our store <laughs> but we were he he wanted to get married within a year i agreed but of course um well-meaning loved ones kind of got in my ear i was like hey gotcha. you need to work on some things he's too young he needs to work on some things wait until he graduates you know all the natural things when if we had done it in a year, God would have supplied just like he supplied in the last 20. So, Okay. In the last, I would say, in the, not last, but in the first five years, what do you recall being an area, like one area, and each of you guys can answer separately if it's something different, but what area do you recall that you had to really work extra hard to become one? <laughs> <laughs> you, said, you said just choose one? one? Just choose one? Yes, just choose For the one. Time. I know there's okay. probably several. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll choose, I'll go first and I'll choose one because it was, it's pretty easy what my, what mine is. And that was a uh, consistent communication. Uh, I lived in my own head. You know, I was a, a committed believer since I was 15 and I was on my own since I was about 16 and a half. So I learned how to have conversations with myself, how to talk to God. Mm-hmm. I learned how to, mm-hmm. you know, I just lived in my own head and I loved it. I mean, you know, we all love our thoughts. You know, I I did. I really did. And so getting married, it was like, no, there's somebody else who wants selfish. (laughs) Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that was the struggle was that consistent communication actually opening up. And real quick story I used to go play ball every Tuesday and Thursday, and I would just come home from work, grab my bag. Hey, how's it going? I'm going, going to the gym. And she would be hot every time, you know, I'm like, why is she upset? <laughs> you know, and the long story of 
just the short story, the long story is all she wanted me to do was tell her in advance that she that I was going to play mm. ball. So it wasn't the problem wasn't okay. playing basketball. The problem was I wasn't communicating Consider about me. playing basketball. So again, my problem was consistent communication. Okay. That's good. I didn't have a problem. That's I think that's probably that was, see, that was her problem. Her problem was she didn't think she had a problem. That is the exact problem. Carry on, Brittany. That Carry on. <laughs> we can move right along, right? That is the exact problem of what it was. I'll let you respond and then I'll tell you my yeah. very brief, even if it is a problem. Listen, no, no. no I, I tell the guys all the time. I tell guys my age and younger. I said, listen. Your wife, by default, thinks she's smarter than you, whether you she okay. ever tells you that or not. Whether she tells you that or not, I'm just letting you know. So just let just just accept it. Just accept. stop putting out that foolishness in the air. <laughs> but you know, it's funny that you say that because I feel like even when I think about what you just stated was your challenge, I feel like that's a challenge for a lot of men: communication, consistent communication. I think. In, in my experience of even just dating and relationships, even I think about my son, I think about that's something that I have to consistently, that is a consistent, you know, kind of tone of communication. And it's very simple. So to the point of where you talked about, you know, going to the gym, it wasn't you going to play ball. It was the fact that, you know, you didn't consider the fact of, hey, today at five. <laughs> Listen, I'm and a guy's brain typically doesn't work that way. It just it doesn't work that way by mm -hmm. default. He has to learn that behavior. And to your point of you know far too many men, we don't have a we don't have too many cultural examples of men that are good communicators. And I'm not talking about on a stage mm -hmm. or anything like that. I mean in terms of marriage yeah. relationship communication. It's we just don't have those examples. It's he talks when it's about sports or you know maybe some money conversation. But I, as far as transparent, intimate, most vulnerable type type conversation, that's just that takes place in the average man's world. So he just doesn't have a clue what that looks like. I mean, I didn't mm -hmm. see my dad and my mom sit down on a, you know on the couch on a Sunday evening or th Thursday evening and just have conversation. I never saw that. That never happened. Man, I want to ask another question, but for the sake of the conversation, because I feel like if I ask it, it's going to take us off. But that's really, that's a really good statement. So, Omika, we're going to go to you. So what was your one okay, thing? Okay, I thought you were going to skip that. <laughs> no, no. I'm yeah, telling you. Y'all were doing so well. I'm telling you. <laughs> but he's right. My, honestly, at that time, you know, I, I am older. And I it was challenging for me to... Um, submit in a lot of ways. And, and when I say submit, I did, I thought that I knew what was right. I knew what was best for um, various aspects of, you know, how we were living at the time. And so it was really a challenge for me to yield that over to him. I wanted to control the finances. I wanted to, um, in essence, control how we were raising our son at the time. Um, and then those two were in the first five years of our marriage. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to, I wanted to control, uh, I wanted the communication, but at the same time, while you communicate to me, then you need to pause and hear what I have to say 
about the direction we need to go in. So that and then do it and do it. Yes, yeah, not yes. just hear me, but then mm. do what I say. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Evidence. Okay. Evidence. So <laughs> when I I can see your face right mm-hmm. now. That's what's really. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so we there were plenty. I mean, those first two years. Yeah, the first two years we were argued. challenging. Yeah. yeah. We 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 had um now we, we call our um differences in a in intense fellowships. But then we 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 downright argued. Yeah, we argued. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We argued. we didn't thank God we didn't call each other out of our their names oh, or no, use no, no, expletives no. and things like that. So I mean we were we didn't say damaging things to one another. But we forcibly went back and forth about what about what direction we needed to go. Even in. going to church, I mean, we would argue in the car, listen, and get out, praise the Lord, saints. Hey y'all, what's up? <laughs> what's up, y'all? Doing? Y'all just look so good together, such a sweet little family. Listen, mm-hmm. you wait till service is over. Listen, <laughs> we could we continue this all the way going home. So yeah. <laughs> So would you say, would you say you mentioned the first two years and I've heard that from friends, I've heard it from mentors before, you know, the first two years is probably the toughest, you know, the tough um, years of marriage. Would you say that's pretty yeah, consistent? Yeah, it is. We had great premarital counseling. We really did. So we had a good foundation and a good context for marriage. It was just a few hot buttons that we had in the marriage that we had not learned how to communicate in those areas and yield in those areas uh it was just those it was just hot buttons and so what happens in many cases is a lot of times people don't realize what those hot buttons are and when you're when you're living together uh in a marriage you're having to encounter those hot buttons constantly because when you were dating or moving toward marriage i mean you yeah you went home to your own apartment or whatever and I and I do not advocate yeah. what people say. Well, you need to live together first to see. Nah, I don't advocate. I don't believe that at all. That's that's garbage in my opinion. I agree. It's just understanding mm-hmm. that two people who are coming from two different backgrounds, raised by two different families and two different contexts, now you're living together. It's a it's a work. Man. It's a work to become one. Yeah. And so far too yeah. many people quit too early in marriage because they don't realize it's a work to become one. And in addition to that, it's not just the first two years of marriage. Understand that I think Marcus, um, he, he mentioned earlier about when you initially meet a person, um, if you're considering marrying them, can you marry them for the way they are right now? And that's something that we share with people. But the other part of that is understanding that we are going to change regardless we are not we are not the same people we were at 19 and 22 years old now at 40 and 43 we are you know older of course um different in how we think about a lot of things yet the same and so as you grow together and mature together is you're going to have it might be the first year the first two years you might do well for five years it might be that seventh year that you're like, what is going on? Mm. You are constantly having yeah. to, um, you know, get to know your spouse um, at certain aspects, at certain points in your marriage to really, I guess, for the marriage to last, for the marriage to last. Because you, gotcha. so many people, they'll get a divorce after they're like <laughs> 20, 25 years. What happened? And mm-hmm. what is the common saying? We fell out of love. We grew apart. 
The problem is you did, you, you grew differently, but no one took the time to get to know how the other person grew differently and how they can now serve, not necessarily the totally person, but the changed person that they once fell in love with however many years ago. Yeah. And that, you know, it's funny that you bring that up because that was hard for me when, because my parents were the same way. They were always, they were almost married for 30 years. And so that was a hard thing for me to process, even probably up until I was, I would say 24, that I was looking at it from, and I just told my dad this the other day, we were talking about it, that I was looking at it from a child perspective. Like, what happened? Like, how how y'all married (laughs) for 30 years, you know, for almost 30 years, and then it dismantles, right? And I remember my mom, you know, she would talk to me probably in my early, probably between like 20, 22, she would have conversations with me and I couldn't grasp it. I didn't understand, like that didn't really make sense. It wasn't until I was probably about 24, 25 that I started to look at both of them as a woman and a man and not my mom Uh and dad so that I could understand it. And that is when I saw they it wasn't a continuation of growing together and developing that they saw, they continued to know each other from that point forward. So when you talk about growing in separate directions, you know what I'm saying? So for me, I was, I'm glad that I got that earlier. And I was definitely never the child that, you know, looked at what happened to my parents and said, oh, I don't want to get married because that's not me. I've always felt like that was them. But I'm glad that I came to an understanding that it is a forever evolution. If we're evolving as yeah. individuals, <laughs> obviously we're going to evolve in relationships as well. And so it's being mindful of that. And I haven't been married, but that is one thing that I, I like to keep in the back of my mind that who I am, whenever we get married and five years later, I'm going to have to continue to know them and work for it. And I think sometimes the work can, I would assume can be over. Yes. You know, if I can add, feel- that's a great perspective. Yeah. I'll add something from the scripture that really helped uh, us in general and me specifically when when God talked about marriage he used the phrase to know you know Adam mm-hmm. knew his wife you know and then in the context of marriage it was to know to know to know and it really just it sounds kind of odd you know it's like you know this what does that really mean but in the original language of the text it literally means what we're talking about right now it means a constant state of knowing a constant state wow. of learning that when God brings two people together in marriage, it's not a, I knew you five years ago. It's a constant hmm. state of knowing. And just that simple nuance of language gives a tremendous perspective to marriage. It does. Yeah, that that's good. Omiko, were you going to say something? No, I, I agree. I, I thought that was an excellent point that you made. Yeah. Um, one only thing I would add is that we go into relationships a lot of times based off of feelings. And one of the things mm-hmm. that we learned early on with um, the uh, ministry leaders that were in our life is that love is a commitment. When you're young and as you, you know, even as a young adult, you think about love. And the first thing you think about is, you know, the feeling associated with the term. But love is a connection. And that was for us in the very beginning. We said, this was that Sunday he asked me to marry him. Our discussion was, Hmm. if we're going to do this, divorce is not an option. We're committed to each other for the long haul. 
So literally in sickness and in health for richer or for poor to <laughs> death do a start. We're the Benjamites. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we had that conversation. Yeah. You're right. That we, same we, yeah, we had that. It was almost as if we gave our ourselves our own vows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that time, mm. like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And that was before we had any pre-marriage counseling or, or of course, before we had a wedding. It was just like, this is a decision that we're going to make. And we both came from um, parents of divorce. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, in both of our cases, our parents remarried. Uh, our, our our mothers remarried mm -hmm. and the men that they remarried were really solid men. Yes, uh, so mm -hmm. so that was a, a, a blessing for us as well. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to shift. Okay, no, no, no. No, no, no. That's, um, go ahead. So I'm gonna... No, go ahead. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, should we go? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's, you know, as, as I think far too often, we look at contracts in the natural as something that can be broken. Mm. And that's the same way we were uh, the marriage institute. It can be broken. If, you know, if it doesn't work in five years, we get a divorce, find somebody else. And, and it doesn't mm. work that way. It shouldn't work. It shouldn't way. work that way. But society has made it that way for so many of us, especially, you know, believers. We think just like, you know, anyone else thinks that we'll get married. We have this huge wedding, spend all this money. And if it doesn't work out, then, hey, you know, we'll remain friends. Now, yes, remaining friends, co-parenting, that's all wonderful. However, God's best for you in that institution is for you to remain together, for you to work, for you to grow at it, for you to produce children who not just seeing the good, but they see the challenges and therefore they know how to work it out in their own marriage or in other relationships. This is why the institution of marriage is so important. So I, it's, some, it's something that you just said that made me think about before we shift, because I want to shift into, you know, bringing entrepreneurship into marriage. But there's a thought when you just said, you know, obviously con people are thinking more so that contracts and marriage contracts can be broken. I guarantee if people had the perspective and had the belief within themselves that I'm going into this and this is it, I guarantee people would take more time about who they oh, marry. Yes. Correct. People, people would take more time because there's, I've had friends, I've seen people get married so quickly to people out of desperation, loneliness, or, oh, this feels good, or he takes care of me, or she's this, and not really for the basis of what marriage is about. And I think if people said, this is it, I guarantee oh, people yes. would take more time in the beginning because there's a way out. If I'm thinking there's a way out, so, you know, for example, we're going to get ready to talk about entrepreneurship, which can be weighty if it's not handled appropriately within marriage, then that's their out. But if you go into a situation thinking, hey, whatever happens 10, 15 years from now, whether it's death, you know, miscarriages, whatever may happen, we're in this, you will pay more attention <laughs> to the characteristics right. of who you that's are right. dating because... I have to know, and this one thing that I personally do when I'm when I'm getting to know people, and I say, matter of fact, this one guy that I'm getting ready uh, that I'm getting to know, 
I said, people haven't progressed to dating in the last couple of years because I, I can pretty much get to know you in the first couple of weeks and realize we can't exactly. progress anywhere. Exactly. And one of the, that's good. <laughs> yeah. and one of the first Brittany, things that's actually what's supposed to one, happen. And one I'm of the, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying no, that's no, no, actually what's supposed to happen. What's supposed to happen is we should be able to get to know someone in a general, casual, friendly concept to sort of yep. see if there is mm -hmm. any quote unquote uh, potential of this relationship moving forward. And unfortunately, yeah. many people, well, far too many people don't do that. So as a result, they end up, uh, and I'm using this term, which I hate, but uh, but for conversation purposes, I'll use it. They end up falling in love with someone who's detrimental to them. Mm -hmm. uh, and because mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think the concept of falling in love is actually legitimate. I think that's something we created. We created that uh, in society, and it and it's not real. But anyhow, um, so rather than giving our heart to someone who is uh, who is damaging to our future. We can able to walk into love intelligently and say, man, this person really has the characteristics that I'm looking for as it relates to where, where I'm going in life. Wow. Okay. Now let me, you yes. know, now we can actually move forward from what I would call a breakfast conversation to a lunch conversation. Hmm, I like and it. It yeah, goes I on like that it. you move from a lunch conversation to a dinner conversation as the relationship gets more and more serious. Yeah. And one of the biggest areas that I look for is conflict resolution. So mm -hmm. how you handle that's conflict, right. because I feel like that's really important. So when I'm getting to know you, I'm watching how you handle conflict or how you have handled conflict, because that's a great sign as to how you'll handle oh, it five yes. years from now. Oh, with yes. me. You're right. And I'm really big. I mean, me personally, I'm big on let's handle it right now. If there's something that I did offended you or, you know, if you need space even communication of conflict. I did an episode with a friend of mine um, called Conflict Resolution, and we talked about conflict in different relationships and even conflict within yourself. I feel like the ability to communicate within conflict, even simply saying, hey, not right now, that, that's all I need. Because if I'm the type of person that says, hey, let's deal with it right now, and your emotions are at a place that you can't handle <laughs> it right now, I still need you to be able to communicate, hey, not yeah. right now. <laughs> you know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, yes. <laughs> so, so watching those things, I feel like more people would take the time. You just wouldn't, I don't want to fall into anything. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, <laughs> I don't want to fall into anything. And so you would take more time to realize, hey, these characteristics, you know, if you really looked at what you need in marriage and you kind of put it in a bucket, and if people went, into getting to know people with those things in mind, you could you could do a process of elimination oh, really yes. quickly. Oh yeah! Listen, it shrinks the list. It shrinks the list. <laughs> people say there's so many yeah. options, and mine, this, mine no, is real not, It's really not. There's only a few options. It's. I agree. I completely agree. So let's talk about entrepreneurship. So I know that you guys said that you guys had a conversation, a business conversation, but I want to actually go to the conversation once you guys were married. Um, when how was what was that topic or what was that conversation like when you said, hey, this we're going to finally take the risk or take the leap or we're going to move in this direction of it entrepreneurship? Was, it was excitement, agreement and downright difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, that's it. I mean, put it, better. it was exciting. <laughs> it was man like, listen, we get ready. We're getting ready to do this. And our it was it was um, we knew it was coming. But we thought it was coming 
late a little bit later mm -hmm. we were the plan was we'll get married yeah. i'll work in banking and build my financial career uh, make, make make a lot of money <laughs> and by by the time we're 30 yeah. then but i'm 30 <laughs> we will be able to make the transition we would have enough money saved the kids will be a little bit older you know so on and so forth you would be in a different spot in your life mm -hmm. we can make it happen <laughs> but that was not the way the lord desired okay. for this thing to go down <laughs> so the short version is i was working for bbnt and my career was rapidly expanding. They were getting ready to pay for me to get my certified financial planner. I was moving over into the private financial, private banking world. I know I normally joke and say it's the door in the bank that nobody knows is there unless you are qualified to go in the door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, I was moved, getting moved over to that area. I mean, it was a major opportunity, near six-figure fixed things, near six-figure salary at twenty-four with commissions that would have pushed me well over a hundred thousand dollars a year and i mean right in the middle of all of that god's like i need for you to go back to uh bishopville and start a church are you kidding me right now like this is not happening right now like, this wow. is this is not game plan this is so far away from the plan <laughs> this is so far away from the plan right now like no 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 this is it it literally caused me i had to take off a week of work <laughs> I had to take a week off of work and just sit in the office at the house and like, this is not happening. This is not. And so, uh, so yeah, I told Mika, I'm not sure. I think it was maybe a Wednesday or a Thursday. I told her and she was like, well, I was starting to tell her and I said, you're not going to believe what, what, what I think we need to be doing right now. And she was like, we're going to start a church, aren't we? And I was like, what? I got the whole. <laughs> so, so the long version of that is or the short version of that is we started the church and we started the company at the same time yeah, yeah. Wow. which i don't advise that either but wow. so okay. okay yeah our relationship is is it was just totally so far from societal norms even kingdom what i guess people in the body of christ would just consider you know, what in the world are you all doing? Um, but we were young. We were hearing the voice of God. We followed. Yeah, we did. There, there were no questions. We weren't trying to, you know, wait and see how much money we had to do it. We weren't trying to wait and see if the um, environment we were in was conducive for us to do it. We did it. And it wasn't easy. But I always tell people, anything that you're doing for someone that you love or something that you love, it's not going to be easy. But I guarantee you, it's going to be worth it. Correct. And, you know, Brittany, along those lines, that that type of perspective actually put us in an innovative posture from the very beginning because we were always ahead yeah. of the curve. I mean, we we were always doing things that were five to 10 years ahead of what our standards were doing. So it always, it put us in an innovative posture when people look to do something. I'm like, man, we've been doing this for five years. They're like, what? Yeah, we've been doing it for five years. I mean, so we didn't know it at that time, but God was planting the seeds of innovation and being a disruptive thinker when we were in our early 20s we didn't even know those terms existed at that time but um that was mm -hmm. the indirect benefit of uh, being aggressive in the decisions that we made 
And you guys were the example, you know, when you're doing things that other people aren't doing, when majority of the people aren't doing, it's kind of like you become the Abraham, so to speak. You know, okay. you don't have okay. any type Come of blueprint. You Abraham do have to there. follow. Come on now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, I'll read a little Girl, bit. Girl, you know, <laughs> I love it. So, you know, it, it's, you, you become the example. So when you do look to the left and right of you, you don't have anyone to kind of lean to. So it, it is really important that you pick the right partner because you have to lean on each mm. other. Because if we don't have anybody to kind of outsource to, and if, you know, let's say Omika hears from God and you don't, that's, you know, unequally yoked is it's so many different things. <laughs> we won't really get into that right now, but it, but it really is important when you're talking about adding things into a partnership, when you're adding in certain elements like entrepreneurship and you're adding that into a partnership, we have to be on the yes. same page because there's certain things that, you know, for example, you had something for a week and I actually wrote down, um, I always say, this is something I, I firmly believe, people who are running in line to be in position, especially in ministry, typically aren't <laughs> exactly. the ones Correct. that <laughs> typically aren't the ones because it, it really, the ones that are called, initially you don't want it because you know Correct. the weight and the responsibility of it. And so it takes you a minute to accept it and yeah. say, all right, God, <laughs> you know, this is what I'm going to do. But the ones who are running to it mm, typically aren't the case. So when you have a partner, I believe when you have a partner that separately God yeah. can talk to, it almost holds you accountable without holding, without there being some type of friction of like, no, I know God told me That's this. Right. And you have to convince someone. Exactly right. So no, I, oh, you're, you're say exactly right. You're exactly right. So I have a question about, so you guys, so I had the conversation um, about entrepreneurship and it was exciting. It was difficult. So once you guys are in it, what year would you say the business of entrepreneurship started to Ooh. weigh on the marriage? <laughs> and then there's a second part question. How did you manage to yeah, get through I would say it started weighing on the marriage the first 30 days. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know no, 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 seriously. No. You're right. Like, like the, the heaviness of it. When the building flooded, our first bill, I think that's when it really, really, because we put so much money. Well, for uh, you, myself. Well, I mean, because we put, so, I mean, we put a lot of money in our first, pro I mean, Lord, we put a lot of, I mean. I think that, I think yeah. that challenge, I think that challenge you, um, because I, I'm like, oh my gosh, if God tells us to do something and we do it, or we do something and God it, then, you know, I know there are going to be challenges. I know there are going to be times where we don't have the resources to do it. So I'm the type of person where as I give my myself a chance to be human, meaning that I cry, mm. um, I'm, I call, you know, maybe my mom, my grandmother, I call someone that's close to me and I vent. I complain, I cry, I get it out. I do what's mm. humanly, you know, normal. normal to do. But then I yeah. get up and I'll wash my face, I whatever it is, and I get myself together. It's like, so how do we resolve this? But for me, what weighed, I think, very heavy on me was right before we moved up here, maybe two or 
one or two years before we moved to uh, Fort Mill, uh, South Carolina. And okay. there were we were in business together. We were in ministry together. Um, we were we were married. And so it was like, <laughs> whoa, wait a minute. So I went straight Donald Trump on myself. You are fired. I fired myself. She fired herself from everything. Everything. He was like, wait a minute, what are you going to do? Nothing. Oh. I'm going to raise these kids <laughs> that God gave up. And because, and I oh, did wow. that more so. Because now just understand uh, the way she just said that. Um, that is not the way that wait, she said wait, that. Wait a just, say, just say, I'm quiet. <laughs> yeah. Can I articulate myself <laughs> properly, professionally for the public? Okay. So, <laughs> no, it, it did go a little. I love it. But years have, you know, smoothed out how I, you know, how the story needs to be told. Understood. (laughs) But, you know, I honestly, it was too, it it became too much for me. And I told him, I said, I can't, I I really can't do this. And I didn't, it was, I looked at it and I said, we have marriage, we have ministry and we have business. I'm not divorcing you. I'm not leaving you. So the marriage is going to stay intact. I'm going to work towards that regardless ministry and business. So I pulled back from ministry um, altogether because I felt like with ministry, not only is he depending on me, but all the people that were pastoring are, you know, depending on me. So I didn't pull back from the people. I pulled back from my responsibility in certain areas that I was over, Gotcha. Uh, but I never, let me just clear I, I never pull back from the people and serving people because that's what we're called to do, regardless of title and positions. So, and when it came to business, For sure. um, I was still there. I still worked the background. I wasn't in the forefront with him as much as I was. At all. Can I? I'm just. I'm can just I tell my testimony, <laughs> Jesus? Can I just tell it like, oh gosh? So. I pulled, but I did that. And I guess, you know, hopefully this is helping a lot of your, um, your wives and and your listeners who are in partnership in business with their spouse, you know, for that season of time, he didn't understand it. He didn't necessarily like it, but I told him for my sanity and for me to continue to be the wife that you need and the mother to these children that they need. I needed to step back and I needed to get myself together. So um, am I back? Did you hire me back? I had to ease my (laughs) weight. She's still an honorary member. She's an honorary member of all. She's ex-officio member of all all boards and committees. Look. I'm, I'm still present. I'm still well, she present. definitely is. It's... Definitely, but no, I mean, I I think that the context in every initiative, I think there. I mean, husband and wife in in uh, in business, you have to know who's who needs to lead in what area, and I think that's a part of many problems that happens mm, in uh, marriage and in business is that everybody, or not everybody, but each person isn't good at the same thing. And some and both people have to be honest yeah. about where their 
primary skill sets are and who needs to be doing what, who needs to be leading what, as opposed to just saying, okay, we're going to do this together. That's not, yes, you're doing it together, but it needs to be done together intelligently. Uh, in hindsight, yeah, in hindsight, what we done differently. And I think it would have had a different outcome on how, you know, Omika decided to fire herself. Um, I, I think it would have been, it, in hindsight, we, we would have done a more so of an assessment, personality test, you know, those types of, you know, uh, metrics that are available to find out, okay, exactly where your sweet spot is. Because mm -hmm. a person may say, I'm the CEO of the company, but That's this good. assessment says you don't have the skill set and the personality to be the CEO of the company. You need to be over here in marketing. Or you exactly. need to be over yeah, here, you know, in operations. But the, now I want to be the CEO. Well, the data says, <laughs> the data says the that you don't need to be the CEO right now. Yeah. You need to be over here. So, I mean, I think that people could, it can help by people making data, let data make the decision rather than let it be in a husband and wife, just them making the decision. Um, and that's okay. Because I, I, when we actually, when we, um, as the kids began to get and did not need me as much as they did when they were younger, um, we talked about, you know, how I was going to come back into the business. And I remember one of the things I shared with him is I told him, I said, you create a, a, a job responsibility um, form for me so that I know exactly what I'm responsible for. And I don't move out of that until we get back to where we need to be. Whereas we're running this, this, this business as true partners. I did not mind coming back in as an employee. Yeah. Because I knew that during the time that I had stepped away, a lot has had changed. And he was, in essence, you know, running everything. So, you know, as, again, the kids were older and I said, okay, create me a form and, and detail what my responsibility will be un until I can work my way back up into partnership with with what it is that yeah. God has given you to build. And I guess a caveat to that is uh Omika asked for that before, uh maybe a year or so before she fired herself. <laughs> and I told her, I said, I said, Omika, I can't give you that. I said, mm. this is an entrepreneurial endeavor. It's a thousand and one parts moving. I can't take the to write a job description about this when you're going to be doing seven to 10 things. I mean, that's the nature of being in an entrepreneurial endeavor. Mm. When you're building it out, you don't know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. You don't know. So by the time yeah. she came back in, you know, those several years passed, it began to formalize. It was more formal at that time, what the company was, what we were doing, what our yeah. primary targets was. So it was easy for me to say, Hey, this is where I need for you to function in. Whereas, you know, four or five, before that was it, that was, it was that was impossible for me to do. That's good. So I'm listening. I'm listening. It's so much stuff that I want to pull out, and we're already like <laughs> oh. way past. But I love this conversation. There's so many things I want to. Uh, there's so many things I want to pull out. But I was just thinking about, you know, one of the things. The reason why I started this podcast is because I felt like a lot of people don't realize how much mm -hmm. life is one big melting yes. pot and there's areas in our lives that blend and bleed 
into right. each other and we don't realize it. So that's why typically every episode is going to be something that you don't think can affect each other. You know, it's, I always say, you know, they don't blend, but they pair really well when you focus on them and when you pay attention to them. So marriage and entrepreneurship, if you Girl. don't pay attention <laughs> to those two areas, <clears throat> they're going to they're going to blend and then bleed into each other and affect um, yes, or infect right. in a negative way. And so I'm thinking about, you know, all of the things that you guys went through and what I love about listening to your story and even just stories that I've heard outside of this conversation. You guys learned a lot in your 20 years and then now you can position other people to do things differently. It it bothers me, it bothers my soul when Uh-oh. I hear people <laughs> When I hear people, you know, talk about their experience as if as if everyone yeah. is supposed to have an experience like them. Yeah. And that's not true. That's not true. It worked for you. That's why I love when you said in the beginning, enjoy exactly. the story, but don't don't repeat it. It's I can enjoy listening. Man, that's a really great story. A week. Oh, man, that's great. Well, great. it may take me a year, you know, or it may take 10 years for someone else. And so being able to hear what you guys did and also what you are doing now and what you will continue to do. I think people need to understand more and more that life does, it blends, it can blend. If you do not pay attention to the way that you make financial decisions or the way that you parent, all of that stuff can now make a big mess if you don't pay attention to it. And so and so one of the things that I want to leave the people with, and there's, gosh, there's we so need a part two. I want to ask, but um, you know, <laughs> I know we do need a part two. Um, and I may actually, yeah, yeah, we need a part two because I also want to talk. I want you guys to kind of focus more in on singles as well, <laughs> awesome. probably in the part two. But with, <laughs> but with the areas that you guys have learned, you know, as far as entrepreneurship, marriage, Thing in ministry, um, being a part of this blend that you guys have had, even as you know, parents, um, what would you say are some of the areas that people should focus on, whether they're married now or they desire to be married? What are some of the focuses? And I want you guys to answer them separately. What should they focus on to ensure that they balance these areas, especially business and marriage? tell you that well you i i will i will say this part i will preface it and then you, okay. i will say that there is no balance would you agree i agree the, there the, is no balance i yeah the the, the word balance okay. i think is a made-up word it's like you know it's like like a it's what we desire okay. yeah. it's what i mean as everyone wants balance because of course if your life is balanced out it reduces stress it reduces yeah, so yeah. everyone wants yeah, that, that's true. but the reality of it is your life, everything in your life, every aspect of your life will not balance out. Yeah, I uh, I did a. That's good. So yeah, let's that's, say that's, that's a very that's, yeah. that's a very good term to use because balance is like a purple giraffe. It sounds good, <laughs> but it just doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Mm, um, that's good. Okay. Life more seasonal than it is ever trying to balance things like in certain seasons there are certain things that are to be emphasized over other things um and it's not that and it's not as if those other things are unimportant it just means that in this season whatever the season it is this is the most important like when we were you know raising the kids 
know, there was a season when the kids were in elementary school as much as I wanted. And I had many opportunities to be on the road in many places. And I could have been further along in some instances. I mean, I had national platforms made available to me when I was 25 years old. And but I knew that I wanted to be a great dad first. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah and Destiny, again, they mm-hmm. were like, you know, four and three and five and seven and so forth. I didn't want to miss that time. I didn't want to miss that time. So I chose to forego those opportunities in order to make sure that when they, you know, kids programs, I was at programs, I was coaching their basketball teams. I was taking them to soccer practice because I wanted them to have a dad that was present. And I wanted that more than I wanted to be, you know, a renowned speaker and entrepreneur at that time. So that was a season where I focused in on the children and I did not focus on business to the extent that I could have with the opportunities that was available. Now, if I would have tried to balance those things out during that time, then guess what? I would have been okay at both, but great at neither. So what, what, so what do you think that, Mm. um, as Brittany said, what is something that someone would need to work on in order to manage those areas? Oh, I'm sorry. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop you for one second. No, 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 you're good. Because there's two things that I want to pull out because I want to make sure that whomever is listening heard these two things that I got of got out of it. Know your season. Correct. And also know the capacity of your family. No, because you just said, you know, uh, life is seasonal, right? And so are relationships. Because I posted something a couple months ago and said, uh, real friendships have seasons. Uh, The ones that don't, you know, there's an ending point to the ones that don't. Because, you know, I... My friends, we may hang out all the time or we may talk every day. And then I have some friends that I don't talk to maybe every couple of years, but that's still, exactly. I mean, every couple of months, right. but that's still a great friend of mine. That's real friendship relationships. I believe marriage from the outside looking in, I believe it's the same because you just said that there are seasons to it all. So you have to know and identify what season am I in and what season is our marriage and our family is and knowing the capacity of what your family can handle, because maybe your family can't yes. handle you traveling or doing certain things or picking up a new innovation. Your family can't handle that capacity right now, especially because. Yeah. Of so, so, so yes, your point to, to that, that and to what Omiko was saying, you know, it's all, <clears throat> you know, like from a travel standpoint, the way Omika is wired, like I can't be gone for, you know, am I right about it? Yes. Yeah. But I'm not oh, gotcha. needy. No, you I, might. Just, I just, I just, I <laughs> just, Okay. No, you, Look, you know, no, I, 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 I did not <laughs> we, desire we, to marry anyone in the military. That was a no because both my parents were military. So I didn't want to marry someone in the military or a doctor yeah. or a doctor. But she ended up marrying uh, a preacher. Yes. <laughs> but his itinerary, um, his schedule was nothing near what someone who serves their country or in the medical field would have, because I know I knew those two indiv- um, individuals would be yeah. gone a lot. And I like being with, you know, the person that God has given me. So that I like the way you said that. Yes. You thought mm-hmm. I, I wasn't going to make it generic. But yeah. Okay. Only one. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, uh, so with that, yeah, said, so <laughs> I, we, we, we had, we had a conversation and we knew that, I was not going to be gone for more than two days. We knew that. And so if I, if it was something that was a three day or something like that, then either if the family couldn't come, 
then I was going to decline that because we had already made a commitment that, okay, Marcus, you're going to be gone for maximum two days. And, you know, either we're going to be with you or so on. So, so I mean, we, and, and I, I didn't have, I didn't, there was no push that. I mean, I've always wanted Omika to be on the road with me. I've always wanted the kids to be there. I mean, our kids had some tremendous exposure when they were younger uh, because we took them everywhere. If I was or if I was going whatever, hey, bring the kids and I would I would write it in my contracts. Hey, I'm bringing my children. So I need <laughs> this. I need this. I need this because my kids mm-hmm. are coming and my wife is coming. Yeah. So uh, we had that conversation early. So there was no argument as things progressed and our career grew because we had already had that conversation and we were both on the same page about that. So I would just say to the audience, in addition to knowing your seasons, you know, constantly keep the communication doors open because if the doors of communication close, it's very easy for somebody on the outside to begin to influence one or both parties with different point of views that could be contradictory to the marriage because there are a lot of people in the world of success and entrepreneurship who have great companies and horrible lives, you know, uh, and something my mentor, one of my mentors said, which was amazing. And I I still quote it today. I quote like it's mine now, but he said, anything you're going to be great at, you've got to determine to be obsessive about that for a season. And I'm, and we had that conversation. We yeah. had a conversation about knowing what our obsessions were going to be in different seasons. Yeah. Yeah. And I will briefly say for time's sake. That's good. For a That's wife, um, a mother, <laughs> as a wife and as a mother, self-care. You have to create time for yourself. Um, there was mm-hmm. a period of time in raising children. During that time where everything just felt like it was caving in on me. I had lost myself. I felt like um, in the role of a mother, in the role of a first lady, in the role of a business partner. It was like, where is Omika? And so a lot of times as um, as females, uh, because of our makeup in a lot of cases, we are so busy um, serving those that are close to us and serving, whether it be on a job, whether it be in business, whether it be in our families, that it's very easy to lose who you are. And so, you know, you have to make sure that you're creating time, whereas you're, you know, you're taking care of yourself. I don't care, you know, whether money is present or not. It takes nothing to neighborhood, you know, just to clear your head. But you have to make sure that you're making time Mm -hmm. to take care of yourself, your body, your mind, um, spiritually. And you're investing in to those things that are just as important to you as an individual as they are to you and your spouse as a unit. Meaning that Marcus and I built a lot of great things together. But now we're at a place so you know, even during, well, even during that building, and you can add, um, I share with him my heart. I share with him, him my heart to, to work with individuals uh, with special needs. I share with him my heart to work with young ladies who, who become pregnant out of wedlock or who just have challenges in life. I shared those things with him in my heart that were in my heart. And even though I was not able to 
fully work on them um, at that time because of other um, hats that I wore. Um, he supported me in that. And he was the one that would help me build and, and write the vision, even though I wasn't operating in it. So that way, when the time came, we already have everything laid out. It's like, babe, you can just run with it. You can just go. So make sure that you're investing mm -hmm. in those matters that are important to you as an individual, you know, so that way, even if you're not operating in them at, at present, when the time comes, you're ready to walk in it for the most part and make sure you're taking care of yourself. That's good. That's good. Man, <laughs> like I said, there's so much, <laughs> but I can't let you guys go before you guys talk about um, the Daniel Leadership Center, because what I love about the mission that you guys have is, you know, when we were on the call the other day where you said taking, you know, how do you go from Sunday to Monday? <laughs> um, and I'm paraphrasing completely was, what you said. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, one of the things that I realized, you know, being a PK and being raised in church, being also a part of being on staff and ministry and all of that stuff is that I saw a lot of people did not know how to take their giftings and make it into a career or, you know, it could only be used in church and not in the workplace or not in entertainment and all of these different aspects of the world. And the mission that you guys have with the Daniel Center is just amazing. It's really teaching people that your gift and actually I'll let you guys take it over because I want you to explain to the to the audience what well, thank you very um, much. The Daniel and, uh, we will be. As quick as possible with it. The Daniel Center of Leadership exists to equip one million people with the tools, the relationships, and the resources to see their career as calling and therefore bridge the gap between the Sunday morning worship experience and the Monday morning work experience. We believe that there is dignity in work. Uh, we believe that God created work as a means of revealing potential and far too many people have been uh, taught incorrectly either intentionally or unintentionally about the value of their work and how God sees their work so we want to be a hub and a context for people to get equipped with the leadership skills they need the relationships that they need the networking and in cases the resources to flesh out what it is they feel that god has called them to do so ultimately they can bring influence to uh the cause of christ in their respective professions and so uh the initiative started in 2015 we're moving forward aggressively and as Brittany uh said uh we we zero in on the reality that there is a a dichotomy between sunday and monday that should not exist there is a chasm between sunday and monday it's like whew, when sunday yeah. is over you, people kind of wash their hands and say man yeah that's over now let me go to my 